You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Mac Force Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. Here's your host, Danny. Fans got a full show for you today. Comeback situation for Simone. U.S. Women's National Team. Oh, man. AD getting the bag. And a little bit about this conference realignment. But first, Danny, right into Simone Biles, where she makes her comeback after two years being absent. And here she is. Maybe she's gunning for another Olympic uh, run here uh, in Dahl. But Danny, uh, Simone Biles, what say you? I actually happened to just run into this by accident on Saturday night. She was performing, and she looked like the Simone Biles of what we were expecting prior to what happened to her in the last Olympics, right? She put up a score of 59.1 that night. And some of the difficulty and some of the things she was doing for someone who has not been in competition since, you know, the incident happened uh, where she had to step away for mental health reasons, man, she looked mid-season four, man. She made a lot of comments towards focusing on herself. She is not fully committed to saying she's going to participate in the next Olympics. But all the signs are there, man. If she's performing the way she did Saturday night, landing the way she did and sticking those like off the vault man for those who did not see it please check the highlights from saturday night and where she was just going off it was the u.s classic so just take a look at that in her highlights but she just kept emphasizing about focusing on herself one day at a time and she would make the decision eventually after some of the upcoming competitions they have coming in the near future and how she performs and how she feels mentally as well as physically. Uh, and so if you remember back in the Olympics, one of the issues she had was when she went off the uh, vault, she, uh, she had the issue where she didn't know where she was landing and everything. There was no signs of that at all. And, it was exciting, man. Everyone, it was the crowd, it was packed crowd. And to be honest, man, all the performers there from the gymnast team or gymnastics team, everybody was on point. You know, there's some mishaps here and there, but they look really strong coming into the next Olympics. If Simone Biles is a part of that team, that only puts them at a higher level. So I'm hoping that she keeps working on herself because obviously that's the most important. And selfishly, I would love to see her in the next Olympics. Speaking of big events, we had one here with the U.S. women's national team, soccer team, getting ousted by Sweden on penalty kicks, Danny. Five to four. And we're talking about a matter of inches, maybe millimeters, quite frankly. And the U.S., women's national team is out and this is the earliest time frame that they have been knocked out in their world cup history 
they just weren't, they just weren't playing all that well. I didn't think they were going to get ousted or knocked out this soon, but I had a feeling they were going to get knocked out. Um, they just, I don't know what was going on uh, on the field. Uh, and maybe, honestly, Danny, it could be very much so the, just the fact that the world is catching up. When the Dream Team with Jordan, Magic, Bird, I mean, David Robinson, Malone, Charles Barkley. I mean, when that team went and dominated, it took some time for the rest of the world to honestly catch up. And I think this is where we are right now with women's national, uh, women's uh, soccer from a World Cup, uh, World Cup perspective. The world has caught up. We're talking about at least an eight-year when, you know, at least an eight-year reign for the U.S. women's team. I mean, two World Cup, two-time World Cup back-to-back champions going for a third in a row, trying to go for that three-peat. I mean, so you're looking at at least about eight to ten years worth of pure dominance from the women's team. So the world has caught up, and now it's going to be really interesting to see as we have uh, some of the ladies from the team retiring uh, from international play or just retiring altogether. And so it's going to be interesting to see how the team forms moving forward and how they're going to select these new, new players and all. But I still have to say congratulations to not only to the U.S. Women's National Team for back-to-back champions, back-to-back World Cups and all. Uh, but also I have to say congratulations to a, a great career, uh, international career by many on the team. But also I have to say congratulations to Sweden for persevering um, in Dahl and really just going for it. Any given, can't say any given Sunday, but any given time that you're on the pitch, man, anything can happen. What say you, Danny, about these U.S. women's national team? You could kind of see this coming. They weren't scoring a lot. And the game ahead of this against Portugal, it was 0-0. They just weren't putting on that display that you expected. And if you're not scoring in soccer, it's uh, it's pick them. Like you said, anyone can get you at any time. I just, I just want them to win that first game, man, just to get them some confidence. Because I think if they were to win that game yesterday, that may have catapulted them because I just think that with them not scoring, man, I think that played with their mental a little bit, you know, from an athlete's perspective, if things aren't going right or things are just a little off, that that can get you. And Sweden got them yesterday. Like you said, it was, man, that was close. Mm-hmm. You know, when Megan just missing the penalty kick and Sweden just getting <laughs> – the penalty kick in, tough L for the U.S. women's national team. Uh, great run, but we'll have to see what happens next time. And now, Danny, on to some NBA news here with regards to Anthony Davis getting the bag. I'm talking about three years, $186 million. That contract extension puts AD on the Lakers up until – 2020 or excuse me through 2028 
And that basically equates to a total of $270 million. Danny, we saw Jalen Brown get the bag basically last week. In a matter of a few days, man, AD gets this bag, man, three years, $186 million, averaging about $62 million according to reports when you put things together in terms of contract. Man, Danny, this is huge for your late show. What say you about this deal? Congratulations, Anthony Davis, first off. Because <laughs> to secure that, that. <laughs> secure that type of contract through all of what's been going on with him and the Lakers organization, they won the championship in the bubble. But with his availability and him still getting this contract is kind of eye-opening, honestly. I didn't know what the Lakers would do. I I think, honestly, they're kind of backing into a corner because LeBron's getting older. They still need some type of star power. Anthony Davis is so inconsistent. He's He can be, like, number one player in the league some nights and then turn – he just disappears. And I look at – I think back to when they were making this playoff run this last year and he sat off the back-to-back during when they needed him most. That was glaring to me. I think it's more about what's the, what that supporting cast is going to look like because LeBron is on a limited time frame right now with his age and everything, knowing that people are expecting him to stay, stick around for Bronny, but he may not be in L.A. So you're going to tie up all this money in Anthony Davis, who all, is already injury prone. Just think when he's 35 and sitting on that contract. I think this is the nature of the NBA now where these contracts are, are what they are because teams are making money. But from the Lakers organizational standpoint, I'm back and forth on Anthony Davis. I'm, I'm hot and cold with him, man, because like I said, he can, he can do some things, but then it's like he disappears and then he's not available. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like Kawhi Leonard from a talent and low management standpoint. Mm-hmm. That's who I equate them to because they're great talents. But if you're not on the floor, man, how are you helping the team? And if he's out and LeBron's gone, they need somebody else because Anthony Davis, I think, is the number two player on the team. So they're going to have to bring in another star once LeBron leaves to complement Anthony Davis because I don't think he can do it on his, on his own person. No, he's not. And congratulations to him for being – at the right place at the right time and and getting certain accolades to bump them up to have the opportunity to get that that max deal uh and everything so uh we'll see man AD is up and down like you said to give anthony davis that much money the lakers had to do it mm-hmm. I they had no other choice and it's gonna be interesting to see what happens when lebron leaves like you said so we'll we'll see but man congratulations to AD getting the bag now, Danny, on to another topic that has been, man, this topic of discussion here. And we all love college sports. Um, we followed it and uh, in, in all. And now we're talking about conference realignment where, man, schools are going all over the place, man. It doesn't matter about geographical location. Uh, it doesn't matter how many teams are already in that league or in that particular conference. But man, you have the likes of 
Oregon and Washington now being a part of the Big Ten, uh, Arizona, Arizona State, uh, and even Utah, like some Big 12. I mean, this is quite interesting, Danny, just to see the dynamics of how all these conferences are shifting. And now, you know, Florida State is talking about leaving the ACC and because the, the TV money revenue is not in their eyes being cut correctly. It's just interesting because that particular situation with FSU, I think FSU is looking at how many eyes are actually looking at the conference because of them. Mm -hmm. And they're also looking at the long term gains of being the ACC versus going elsewhere. They feel that they're they're going to lose money by being the ACC and therefore not get as much money as the SEC schools or any other conference. And therefore, they could be behind when it comes to like facilities, updating facilities, uh, having enough money in their coffers, whatever the case may be. I remember seeing a, a highlight uh, of, of an interview with Coach Prime. And they asked them something to about degree about conference realignment and all that. And he, for the most part, said, well, shoot, these schools are jumping conferences because of the money. Let's be real. And we adults get on the students for trying to get the bag, too. How hypocritical is that? It seems like there's not going to be any geographical allegiance in the conference any longer. Uh, and if so, I think people would gravitate towards, you're going to have more so the more seasoned alums or more seasoned uh, fans to stay true to those who have been with the conference from the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to have those alums who are going to just root on for their team. And then you're going to have the younger folks who are going to just follow a school just because, I don't know, Danny, this is getting crazy. The money is outrageous, and now we're moving into big conferences, big leagues, and we're looking into getting doing away basically with the NCAA, in my opinion. The NCAA now, you have super conferences, a super, super division. Why even have an NCAA schedule? You have a schedule now within your super conference. Mm -hmm. Play it out there and then see what happens. This is interesting. What say you about this conference realignment? The Pac-12, formerly the Pac-10, pretty much folding now. They're trying to get, they're trying to mesh with the Mountain West, but you talk about fumbling the bag and greedy. The Pac-12 is now pretty much underwater. They've been around over a century as a mm -hmm. uh, conference, and now over the last couple of days, I think it's been over time though, that now they, they're folding and all these teams are leaving. The other thing of this is for the comp, for the sports that are not football or basketball, how will they be handled? Are you going to be flying these kids from say Oregon from the big 10 perspective across the country for these sports that are not necessarily the money makers? So I wonder if they'll handle like hockey, for example, where it's more regional. 
and they'll keep it that way. It'll be just the bigger sports, the money generators that will be the ones going across country and doing all this flying and traveling and acting like professionals, which the NCAA said these kids are not professionals, but it looks like a professional setup to me. If you're asking these kids to be flying all, all across the country. And so it's, it's a lot going on here to be, to be unpacked. A lot of, um, change that people have to absorb the loser in all of this is the pac 12 they're the biggest loser in the big 10 and sec and big 12 for that for that matter hey they've strengthened they've added teams and i'm not sure how much is left from a shuffling perspective if anyone else will jump ship because you gotta look who's left from a uh, pac 12 perspective washington state oregon state Stanford, what are they going to do? Are they going to stay stay put, or, or are they going to move too? So a lot still to go, but a lot just happened in the last week around this whole topic. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting, Danny, because here's the other thing too: two things to consider. One, I think just the whole West Coast were was losers. I mean, mm-hmm. when you think about traditionally where some of these schools were from a fan base perspective um and the west coast winning championships usc football i think arizona basketball whatever ucla etc how does that really play moving forward and so that's one thing the other thing too when you think about Stanford, and this is something that I remember listening to the radio, man, and they were talking about the number of sport that is in an athletic program and how those are funded, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And can those schools that are now in lower conferences, can they sustain the number of athletic sports in a program? Mm-hmm. That's going to be telling, and then also I think what what else is going to be telling is how these teams, like you said, travel. How are they going to be financially moving forward? And this is this man. I, I think we haven't seen the last of the changes in Dahl. Uh, we'll see, but man, this realignment is crazy. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backportstalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backportstalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.